Thank you for joining us today. On this episode, we will discuss not only how to survive the holidays, but thrive in the holidays. But first, I want to introduce my guest, the host of the Hope Dealers podcast, Mr. Sean Fitzpatrick. Sean, thank you so much for joining um, us today and for being a part of this and collaborating between both of our podcasts today. Yeah. So will you tell uh, my listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So like Amy said, my name is Sean Fitzpatrick. Um, I do host the Hope Dealers podcast, but um, I'm also on staff with Hope is Alive. I've worked here for, for Hope is Alive for about three years as the media and marketing coordinator. Um, and basically what that means is I handle all of our social media, web design, a lot of uh, behind the scenes work. And usually if you're at a Hope is Alive event, you'll see me you know, in the back with an iPad um, handling the uh, slides and that kind of stuff. But uh, more than all of that, I'm a Hope is Alive alumni. I graduated the program. I was a resident for about three years and um, I am 44 months clean and sober. Wow, amazing, congratulations. And I remember meeting you for the first time. You had just been in the Hope is Alive program. Was it one week? Uh, I think it was about two weeks when you met me. Okay, I, been, okay. Yeah. And I just remember something about you. Um, you were at our find, one of our Finding Hope member our meetings, yeah. and we love to have the residents come about every quarter just to share um, their story and their journey. And one thing that stood out to me that day about you, you said, I'm doing it different this time. I'm going to yeah. say yes. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I was, so I was 29 when that was all happening. I was, yeah, like you said, I was about two weeks into this whole thing. And it had been about 15 years of just carnage in my life, um, all due to my addiction. Mm-hmm. And um, I, yeah, I basically come to a point where I was like, okay, my way, my way just isn't working anymore. And so when I came into Hope is Alive as a resident, I just kind of told myself like, all right, I'll just start saying yes in places where I would normally say no. And it turned out that was in quite a lot of <laughs> quite a lot of places, <laughs> um, which is honestly how I ended up at that Finding Hope meeting. They asked if I would come speak and I was just said yes, not even really realizing what I was signing up for. Yeah. And I remember you coming back was about six months later. Mm-hmm. Or so, and I mean, just the shift and the change in you and your, your smile, you know, you looked healthier. And so just continuing to work on yourself and the journey and saying yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're, I'm so proud of you and watching you through all of that and being on staff with you now. It's just an honor and privilege. And yes, he is. He does all the media marketing for Finding Hope. And I'm so grateful for that. <laughs> um, but today, Sean, we're here as the holidays are approaching. We know that the holidays bring so much mixed emotion and triggers and fears and feelings um, as a loved one with someone Um uh, an addiction. And so we're going to start out today. Why don't you just kind of talk about, um, while you're heavy in your addiction, what did the holidays look like for you? Yeah. You know, I mean, so one thing I've talked about a lot in my addiction was that, um, especially in the later years, um, a big part of my addiction was the fact that my life just did not turn out the way I liked. Um, the way I'd hoped, you know, obviously I didn't graduate high school. I didn't go to college. Um, and I was just stuck in, you know, dead end jobs, bartending or working nights somewhere. And so the holidays just kind of put a big, uh, you know, magnifying glass on all that, um, you know, getting together with family, um, because my family was always very big about Christmas and Thanksgiving. So seeing all my cousins and my parents and aunts and uncles, and I would see everybody come into town and, you know, they're there just 
breaking bread, having a great time. And then they've got big lives to go back to, whether it's their families or their mm-hmm. careers. And I was just going to be staying put right where I was. Um, so it, it, it just really put a big magnifying glass on how my life was going nowhere fast. And uh, because of that, I tended to double down on whatever substance I might be using at the time, primarily alcohol. So you attended holidays or did you avoid any holidays? What? I think there was, I attended most of them. Okay. Um, my, my mom and I have always had a very close relationship. And so even, I think there was one year that I got out of and it was the worst Christmas ever. Mm-hmm. Um and so after that, I mean, there was only, yeah, I, I attended most Christmases just if only to see my mom yeah, um, and see my brother, but it was tough. You know, like I said, I just, I didn't really have a lot going for me. And I was always the guy who was, you know, pouring a whiskey at 10 AM and, you know, you can kind of feel the tension yeah. in the room of how everyone's looking at you. And it was just a mess. So that's really interesting for a lot of our listeners out there. So you felt like you had a magnifying glass on you. Yeah. And your solution was, I'm just going to drink more. I'm going to double it what I normally would do so that I don't maybe feel or like it's on me or. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a big part of why people drink in the first place is just to put this mask on. We talk Mm -hmm. about that a lot around here. And, you know, when you drink or you use, um, there's this feeling of, I don't care yeah, and everything's okay. Um, There's also you know, the uh, whole thing, well, it's the holidays, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone's kind of doing a little bit of day drinking here. Um, But yeah, just for me, it was just, just to put this mask on and it it made me feel a little, I could tolerate the whole situation a little bit more Mm -hmm. um, by just, by just drinking more. It makes, makes no sense at all just to keep on going. Yeah, it doesn't. (laughs) Like even for like on my side, it's like, why would you drink more? It's just going to magnify it even more, you know, by your behavior, maybe your eruptive behaviors or whatever. So did, was there any holiday that you can remember? Like looking back, maybe you can't remember. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, like uh, you looking back, like, why did I do that? Or, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was just talking, I saw my, my family over the weekend and we were just talking about this. We actually kind of, kind of laugh about it now. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there was a holiday. I want to say I was about 24, 25. Um, so a little while ago, but I, 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 it still sticks with me. And, you know, we were with my aunt and uncles and my cousins and the same crew we spent Christmas with every year, but this was for Thanksgiving. Mm Mm-hmm. And my uncle was not doing very well um, on my mom's side. He was, you know, he was kind of on his way out. He had been very sick and it was a sad time for my cousins. You know, these are cousins that I've grown up with and it's just a rough time. And all they really needed was for us to just kind of be there for them Mm -hmm. during the holidays. And um, so we got into town and of course I, I started to drink very heavily into the evening. And, you know, sometimes we would do a family poker game. And I was just heavily intoxicated the entire time. Just not make, I was getting belligerent Mm -hmm. um, to the point where no one really wanted to deal with me. Um, And then I ended up going to sleep that night in my contacts and which is, you don't sleep in your contacts. (laughs) You just don't do that. Um, And I woke up in the morning and one of my contacts had cracked overnight. And so I had a scratch cornea and this was Thanksgiving day. So my mom had to spend all day in the ER with me. Um, Thanksgiving days, it was a tough day to get in somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I was also really hung over. So I was sick the whole day and it just pretty much wrecked like it, but you know, the attention was on me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was this, I remember my, one of my cousins saying under her breath, 
she was like, well, maybe if you weren't drinking so much, you would remember to take your contacts out. Like, are you kidding me? Mm. And now we have to deal with this all day. Yeah. Um, but you could tell that it wasn't just about that. It was just one more holiday where Sean had shown up and gotten drunk, mm. you know, and her dad's dying. Yeah. Or my uncle. And yeah. I can't just come in and just chill for a couple of days. Yeah. She just wanted to maybe feel somewhat normal in that situation. Right. And then here you come in. You know, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to put this mask on. I'm going to just keep drinking. And then the whole Thanksgiving day, it sounds like everyone was focused on you. Maybe plans, all the plans had to change last minute and everything like that. Yeah. And then, you know, as soon as we get back from the hospital, my mom and I and my eyes all patched up, you know, the first thing I do is go pour myself a rum and Coke Mm. while I'm on antibiotics. And everyone's just kind of looking like, good, you know, what's it going to take with this guy? Yeah. Um, and so that one's always kind of stuck with me cause that was about four or five years before I even got sober, but it, that was just kind of just show, goes to show you what, what a normal holiday was like for me. Yeah. So, which is interesting because so many times we think, why can't they just stop? Yeah. So the night before you drank so much, you passed out per se, maybe with your mm-hmm. contacts in, which caused a big eye infection and mm-hmm. cornea and all that. You come home. The first thing you do is. Drink, drink, you know, and like, I bet I can just imagine as a loved one looking like, what are you doing? Yeah. You've already ruined, maybe ruined. Sorry if I'm speaking for your family, but this holiday, you're just going to continue to drink and who knows what else is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a vicious cycle. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to come on here as the holidays approach and, you know, I used to say, how are we going to survive the holidays? And one of my leaders said, Amy, it's not just surviving. We need to thrive in the holidays. It's like, yes. that's so true. And so I'm, tr- and that was just, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So I've shifted to like, okay, now we're going to thrive in these holidays, right? We're going to make it the most that we can. But how do we do that when, you know, our hearts are love someone in this disease? And so we're going to just kind of talk about that. And I love just some of your feedback as I'm talking. And then um, at the end, I'd love for you to kind of share with us as um, how what holidays look like today for you and maybe early in recovery as well. But maybe um, what that had to look like with your family. Absolutely. So the first thing I think is important to talk about is expectations. And I saw this quote and it's I just want everyone to stop and think about it unrealistic expectations can lead us to realistic disappointments. So let me say that again. Unrealistic expectations can lead to realistic disappointments. So what does that mean? I want you guys that are listening to maybe pause it real quick. If you're driving, just pull over. I don't know. But just what does that mean to you for this holidays? You know, I think so many times we have all these expectations. Oh, okay he caused this big scene yesterday, maybe with Sean, surely we'll have a great day on Thanksgiving after he goes, right? That's expectation. But realistically, is that a realistic expectation? And, you know, I think all the time, no matter how much we plan, we just have to come to that realization that our family might not change. Right. And um, just because it's Thanksgiving, just because it's Christmas, just because it's New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. And so... A lot of times our unrealistic expectations will rob us from enjoying and appreciating the blessings that are in front of you. So, so many times we might are be so fixed on something that we're forgetting to look at the bigger picture, the blessings that are there. Yeah, I, I'll jump in real fast uh-huh. on that one. I remember my grandma pointing this out when I was 
young and there was already apparent that I had a problem. I was 22, I think. And I had just gotten my second DUI. Mm. And I remember her getting on to my mom, her daughter. Mm. And she said, cause my, you know, my mom, it was like what you had just said. It, you know, my mom was trying to act like, well, he's just in his twenties and mm-hmm. this is just a little thing, you know, come on, we're having a family get together. Let's not all get upset. Cause it had happened like on a family trip. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember my grandma saying, that's not, this is not normal. Like Mm -hmm. he's clearly got a problem here. Like we can't just pretend this is like, you know, we have to, you know, we have to deal with this. Yeah. So I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes we have these expectations and we're not communicating them with our loved ones. Right. Right. Or with our other family members. And so that's, you know, um, at the end of the podcast, you know, I always give a challenge and that's one of them is what are your expectations? And then are they realistic? And have you communicated them? Because so many times, like I have these expectations and I've had to work on it with my husband, you know, um, sober and with my kids and with my family members, it's like these expectations I have, I need to communicate them because they won't know. Yeah. Right. And then I also have to think, is this realistic Mm -hmm. or is it just this fantasy type of thing that I wishful thinking, I guess. Right. Another thing we need to think about um, as the holidays approach are boundaries and boundaries are so important and it doesn't matter if it's the holidays or not. I tell people your boundaries still need to be firm and intact and don't use that phrase. I think we've used it quite a bit on that. It's Thanksgiving, right? It's Christmas. Well, if you're, if your boundary is you can't be in my house when you're intoxicated, they can't be in your house when they're intoxicated on Thanksgiving too. Absolutely. And, you know, we have to just remember, okay, it, it sucks. I'm going to just say that. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on podcasts, but I am. (laughs) Um, it's hard because you want your whole family there. You know, you just want, you just have, just remember, like I'm looking at my kids now. I have a 13, 10 and five year old. And, you know, I just, I love this time of the year. And a lot of times when they get older, you want that back. You're remembering those great times. But you have to remember, boundaries are still so important. What is that going to look like? And it goes back to that communication again and communicating it, not just with your loved one, but with other family members, I think is important. And, um, you know, sometimes um, we can come up with great boundaries, but maybe it's grandma that well, yours was kind of opposite though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's um, grandma or grandpa that doesn't understand. Oh, I just want them here, but you've got to communicate your boundaries with them yeah. as well. Um, Cause sometimes they can be the biggest enablers through it all. Mm-hmm. But I think something we also have to remember, Sean, is we have to be respectful for other people's boundaries. Correct. And you know, there's some situations at finding hope. I have a a couple that's been attending Finding Hope and they have adult children and their loved one's actually been sober for a few years, but she, there's that sibling still isn't comfortable with her brother being at the holidays. And that mom's just, and dad has just had to, the ex going back to the expectations, realizing, okay, it might look different this year and that's okay. And just respecting the other people's boundaries as well, not pressuring them because then they're going to come and it's not going to feel good and all of that. Do you remember having seen boundaries in your family or not through it, through your addiction? I mean, it'd be hard to put them as boundaries. I mean, I think looking back, that's probably what 
what they were. Uh, I don't know if my mom or my dad would have thought of it like that, mm-hmm. but you know, there, yeah, there, there did come a point um, where my mom would kind of give me this look every Christmas morning or Thanksgiving morning and just kind of be like, you know, please don't have a drink right now. Mm. Please just wait. You know, she knew I was going to drink. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think she wanted to see me, you know, pouring liquor into my glass at 1030 in the morning. No. And then it got to be where, you know, and I, and I knew what I was doing because it got, to, <laughs> it was, this is really funny actually. So this past weekend, this is just a few days ago. I'm with my mom and she's in town and I go into the kitchen and I grab a Pepsi out of the fridge Mm-hmm. And I walked right past her and she said, oh my gosh, you still walk like that. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, you still walk with it like cupped behind your back. Because uh-huh. I, cause that's what I would do is I would go in and grab a beer or uh-huh. whatever. And I knew that she didn't want to see me drinking. So I would always like, walk with it like kind of. Trying to hide trying it. Trying to hide it. it you yeah. know, you and I guess I just it. unintentionally <laughs> am still doing that when I go grab a water or a Pepsi or something. Yeah. And she, yeah. But I remember her saying, she goes, I just had like a flashback to so many Christmases. You know, and that's a good thing that you're. That you're mentioning that these triggers, yes. you're how 44, what did you just say at the beginning? How many months sober? 44 months sober. 44 months sober, right? Yeah. Um, I was trying to figure out how many years and months, but that's beyond me. A little over three years. Yeah, three and a half years. Three yeah. and a half. Okay. Yeah. You know, and that still triggered your mom. Mm-hmm. And those triggers are going to happen, yeah. you know, and that's why, you know, our next part of this is we need the support through this, right? Yes. And, you know, so many times I see our attendance at Finding Hope sometimes decrease during the holidays because they're just, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got, you know, hustle, hustle, hustle. But these triggers do pop up mm-hmm. even at three and a half years sober. And so that's why I talk about also the support is so important that we have that through the holidays and through life all the time. But, you know, um, and that's why I'm so grateful. Like we still have our Zoom meetings going the week of Thanksgiving. You know, I know for a fact I was at a meeting last week and I said, we're going to have it on the week of Thanksgiving. It's a Tuesday you need to be there. Your pumpkin pie can wait, Yes, you know, uh, because we need each other. We need to talk about our feelings and the things that do trigger us. And maybe when we know those things trigger us, how we're going to respond. Right. right? And not necessarily react like, you know, and that's, you know, just a situation that you mentioned is, you know, that triggered your mom, which I'm sure made her all of a sudden go through this. Oh, oh my gosh. I remember this Christmas. Is this going to happen oh, again? Yeah. You know, it, was, it turned into a whole remember this Christmas. And it was a 30 minute ordeal. And not to say that we got into it. It wasn't a fight by any means, yeah. but it was just like just me walking with a, you know, a pop behind my back. Yeah. <laughs> um, not even meaning to. And she was just like, oh, my and gosh. That's, <laughs> I like that when you said that because you hadn't ever thought of that. Yeah. And I'm glad your mom communicated that with you because now, you know, and maybe can be more cognitive of that. Right. And so that goes back to that communication, how important it is to talk to our loved ones through that. Like, don't let that trigger just sit back and, you know. Well, yeah, because I think what she was trying to say was. For, for half a second, even though I'm three and a half years old, mm-hmm. for half a second, she thought I was sneaking a drink. Yeah. Because that's how I always carried it. Yeah. And it's just like you said, you know, just because now that she said that, I'll always, you know, when she's around, I'm always going to watch how I'm carrying a drink. Yeah, you are. <laughs> or mom, I'm getting a Pepsi or Mom's Coke a Pepsi, or like, <laughs> whatever it because is. Because like you said, three and a half years or not, I mean, that those feelings are still pretty fresh. Yeah. You know, even as good as things are going, the, the feelings are still there. The things still happened. And 
you know, um, it's, it's very good just to be cognizant of other people's feelings, not just your own. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I had a Finding Hope board meeting a couple of weeks ago and my board members are amazing. And a couple of them, their loved ones are in recovery and they still say, you know, how important Finding Hope still is to have that support because they still sometimes their brain, I mean, you know, there's so much um, trauma that happens, you know, on both sides. And that's why I love that Finding Hope is there to support and that we can encourage and share that because other people won't understand, oh, he's three and a half years sober. Why did that trigger you? Well, it it did, you yeah. know, and so and you I'm grateful that you are very, you know, kind to your mom and understood that because, you know, you do understand like, oh, I've done, you know, this I've already I made amends and all this, but it's I'm still yeah. I mean, the three and a half years sober is amazing. And my family, I will say, has been nothing but supportive and just incredible during this whole thing. But I'm still aware of the 15 years of hell mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I put them through. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and not to say that I'll ever even it out or anything, yeah. but I think, uh, you know, I talked to the guys in the homes a lot about it for the Hopes Alive homes. I say, you know, the reason we have to get sober for us is because after a while, if you do it for somebody else and you're, you know, just doing it to get affirmation and attaboys and stuff after a while, you know, you don't get them anymore because as far as they're concerned, this is what you need to be doing, Mm -hmm. you know? So my mom's not going to wake up every single day and say, I'm so proud of you for being sober. She is, but she's not going to go out of her way to say that every single day. Um, And so, yeah, that's, that's where for me, I have to just remember on, on my end that, yeah, I, I put them all through quite a bit of hell for a lot of years. So if me carrying a Pepsi the wrong way bothers her, I'll fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so we've talked about expectations, yeah. boundaries, support. And one other th- couple, I have two more couple things is the control. And so many times we try to control, and this goes back to that codependency. And we've talked about that some on this podcast is we try to control the situation because if we have all the control, everything's going to go smoothly, right? Yeah. There's nothing that will go wrong. If I have everything in place, everything, everyone around me is going to do this. But we also have to remember, we need to look at God mm-hmm. and turn to him and ask him through that. And we talked about that serenity prayer when Jessica was on and just realizing we can plan and have this magnificent thing, idea, this menu of how everything's going to go. I'm going to put my loved one sitting here and not there. I'm going to assign seats. I'm going to make sure the liquor's locked up. I'm going to make sure nobody bring, you know, we can have that all the control, but we honestly can't control anyone but ourselves in that situation. So just to remember that, what do you actually have control in this holiday season? And that's yourself, right? right? That's yourself saying, I have the, this boundary. I have these expectations. I can't control if, and if I lock up the booze, they're not going to bring some in or hide it in their purse or bring the pills in or whatever. But you do have the control of having boundaries and following through. If that boundary is crossed, what's that going to look like? And then also, how are you going to find joy? And I think people sometimes think to have that joy, we have to do it the same. Traditions. I'm a huge tradition person, Sean, and Christmas (laughs) is my favorite holiday. Um, To this day, I still have chili on Christmas Eve, because that's what I had growing up. We would have chili on Christmas Eve, cheese and crackers, go to Christmas Eve. You know, I had all these traditions, but we have to remember, like, 
that's not where our joy comes from. Right. And um, our traditions might have to change. And mine have with kids, obviously, sure, you know, yeah. and we've created our own traditions. And sometimes the joy, to get joy, it might be instead of, maybe it's baking. Maybe you want to bake for, you know, maybe Hope is Alive Home or another sober mm-hmm. living home. Or maybe you enjoy wrapping presents. I love wrapping presents. And so I can maybe- My dad loves wrapping presents. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, you know, there's some people I know that hate it. Maybe that you can ask somebody, okay, I'd love to wrap your presents this year. And that's a gift to them. Yeah. Um, maybe it's serving, you know, going and serving on Thanksgiving at a homeless shelter somewhere. You know, you've just got to- think, how can I find joy this season and enjoy it? How can mm-hmm. I thrive, right? We've talked about that. How can I thrive this season? It might look different and that's okay. And so I'm just gonna list some other, I know we're running kind of long on this, so I'm just gonna list some other things and- It's a holiday special, we can run a little long. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> and some other tips that I have is, when you have those anxious thoughts, go back to what First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So go back to the Lord, give it to him. Don't try to carry it all yourself. And because before long, you're going to explode. The holidays are going to get here and you're not going to be able to enjoy it and see the blessings in front of you. Right. And we still have to remember, take each day, one day at a time. Maybe even the holidays are going to take it to one hour at a time. And maybe that's what needs to shift. Maybe your holidays might look different. Maybe you're like, I don't want everybody here all day. Maybe you say, okay, we're going to have lunch and, you know, wrap up by four, you know, and it's one of those setting those expectations up knowing I can only handle two hours. Yeah. And I think too, on that one, it's something that I've kind of done. Um, when I go back home now for the holidays is, you know, there's a whole, you know, my parents are separated. So, um, there's a whole lot of split up mm. stuff going on, but you know, on my, on Christmas Eve, there's always a night at my dad's girlfriend's place. You know, that's a year's tradition. Now it's mm-hmm. fun. We sit around and open gifts and do dirty Santa and all that. Um, and then Christmas day is at my aunt's house. Um, and that's an all day thing with my cousins and all their kids. But for myself, I've kind of put a little boundary in place of myself is like, okay, I'll go to dad. I'll go to you and your girlfriend's place on Christmas Eve for about two hours. Yeah. Because once it gets late and you guys start drinking, I'm, I'm out of there and I love you all and y'all are allowed to drink. So that's fine. Yeah. But I'm going to head home. And the same with my aunt's place. Not that they drink a lot, um, but you know, it's a busy house. There's kids running around. Yeah. And then usually by the time the holidays come, I'm, I'm tired from work and all the events I've just done. And yeah, it's, it's a boundary I put in. It's like, okay, I'll be here for a few hours. Mm-hmm. I'll have lunch. We'll, we'll eat together and then I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important. And that's, I, you know, I've heard other, I asked last year as I was looking and researching stuff for the holidays, I asked some of the residents and they said they had to have their own boundaries. Yeah. And so it's going back to respecting your guys's boundaries is okay, mom or dad, I'm only going to be here for two hours. It's I, that's all I can handle. This mm-hmm. is my plan. Um, to keep myself sober. Yeah. And what you, I love what you just said about this is my plan to keep myself sober because I, over the years, I've had to kind of remind the family of that a little bit and not try to put it so much as in like, well, this is what you all wanted was for, it's not that yeah. it's just that it's that this is what we wanted mm-hmm. and this is, but this is what this new life looks like. Yeah. And this is how I keep it going. <laughs> and let's be real family dynamics can sometimes be crazy at the yes. holidays, right? <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. And so taking it just maybe an hour or a moment at a time. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, even as 
a loved one, if you need, if you're getting too much chaos, like I'm an introvert, so I need to get away sometimes. I can't be around people all that time. It just drains me. And so maybe you have to give yourself permission to walk away and just say, I need 30 minutes and go to your bedroom, go, you know, go out to your car, take a drive Mm -hmm. and just take some deep breaths, go to the Lord or just sit, you know, and giving yourself permission to do that. Not even if you're hosting, give yourself permission to do that. You know, Um, maybe you need to refuel yourself in that sense. That's something I try to help, you know, with a lot because my aunt, you know, she's been hosting Christmas and Thanksgiving Mm. for years. And so usually after we eat, that's whenever I tell her, I'm like, Hey, go, go relax for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like let us take care of the dishes. Like I'm sure you get to use a rest for just a moment. Yeah. And accept it. Sometimes it's hard, you know, like, you know, that control, like they're not going to wash the dishes the right way, you know, right. right. But other people want to help and, you know, let's let them. So, and sometimes we have to, focus on the gratitude. Like what are we grateful for today? And, um, not what you don't have. Let's look at what we do have. Correct. Focus on that. You know, I think that's important every morning to wake up in a sense of gratitude. It's like, okay, if I can focus on the positive, our, it shifts in our brain when we have that sense of gratitude and positivity first thing in the morning, then waking up and be like, oh my gosh, I have to do this and this and this, you know, and that just brings you down and it's hard to get back up from that. So continuing to focus on that and think about like right now, stop and think like, how has God blessed you this year already? Right. And how is he blessing you in that moment? And that's what I, some of my Finding Hope members, I tell them, write down three things you're grateful for in the morning. And at the end of the night, before you go to bed, write down how you saw God today, yeah. you know, cause if you are focused on just watching like you, Sean, like, Oh, you know, and I think so many times, even when they're sober for the first time in the holidays, we're just watching, watching, watching that's draining yeah. and you're, it's taking the joy out again. Yes. And, you know, I'm sure it doesn't feel good for someone just to be watching your every single move. Like, Oh, they went to the bathroom. What are they going to do in the bathroom? You know, like, right. which is those triggers. And that's why it's so important to maybe communicate that when you go to the restroom, it might be triggering to me. I understand you might need to go like, <laughs> you know, yeah. and so I know that sounds well, silly. it's, it's not even necessarily putting a boundary in place on something like that. It's just communicating. Like we've said mm-hmm. earlier in the pod, it's just, you know, if I seem weird, this is why. Yeah. I know you have to go to the restroom. I'm not saying don't go to the restroom. Yeah. I'm just saying if, if I shot you a look, if, if my demeanor seems to have changed, this is why. And I think for a lot of us in recovery, that's all we really need at that point is a little communication because we know, mm-hmm. we, we, we know why it's there. Yeah why, why the behavior is that way. So. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's ultimately like, I think so many people are scared walking on those eggshells, scared to communicate that, you yeah. know, and this year, um, for Thanksgiving, my son's having his tonsils. I already said, told my husband, don't expect anything <laughs> like any turkey or, I mean, he's going to make the turkey, but like, I already communicated that. Like, I don't know what to expect from my son's surgery. And yeah. so I don't know what our week of Thanksgiving is going to even look like. And so I've already started that communication. Like, I'm going to, we're, we're not going to travel. I already told my family up in Kansas, like we're not traveling. Well, he might be okay. Well, we're still not going to travel like that. And it's for one year. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And you know, <laughs> you know, sometimes we just need, I just, you know, need that time of yeah. rest too. I don't know about be resting, but <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, um, 
I also just want to, if you have any other tips, you know, now that you're in recovery, maybe that first holiday, you've kind of talked about how you have that boundary for two hours or whatever that might look like. What other tips um, for those that have a loved one, maybe fresh in recovery, or maybe like you, three and a half years sober, or five years, even five or 10 years sober, what would you tell some of our listeners? Well, you know, like I said, um, for me, and this is advice, you know, for whether they've got six months, six mm-hmm. years, um, if you've got a loved one who's racked up any amount of sobriety, um, I would just, you know, remember that however they're being. So if they want to come just for a few hours mm-hmm. and leave, or if they seem a little quiet, um, just remember that this, you know, whatever they're doing has been working thus far. Mm-hmm. And this is about, you know, this is what we want. We want them to be sober and this is what they want. So just, you know, respect where they're at. But also, like Amy said, you know, communicate with them mm-hmm. if there's things that are still in the air that are bugging you because there's nothing worse around the holidays than just building up more resentments. Yeah. You know, the holidays are a time where we're supposed to come together and this is supposed to be a relaxing time. Yeah not build up more stress. You don't want to come out of the holidays (laughs) resenting your loved one even more and vice versa. Yeah. And that's so good because after they leave, it's like, did I even get to enjoy that? No. Now I'm mad at him again. You know, like (laughs) he was sober, but why am I mad at him? Like, but really it's going back. You have to reflect what looking back at ourselves. Yeah. You know, I mean, I saw my mom, I've mentioned this a few times already on this episode, but I saw my mom a few days ago and I mentioned a lot because I only see my mom in person probably twice a year. Okay. Um, She lives pretty far and when she comes in, it's a big deal. Yeah. And this weekend when I saw her, it was, you know, she got just mobbed by the rest of the family, you know, which is amazing. I love that for, you know, her sisters, the cousins, Mm -hmm. the nieces, the nephews, whatever. Um, But I told her straight up the last night I was there, I was like, I'm a little bummed. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to spend like hardly any time with you. Yeah. We haven't really talked. We, and, uh, and that's okay because I'll see her again. Yeah. But at least now neither one of us have to leave and be like, you know, oh, it was great. Now I'm, I'm actually mad at her after yeah. seeing her or great. He's mad at me now. There's nothing. It's all out on the table. <laughs> it's just, it's well, all and then there. the next time you guys can talk about like, okay, you're coming. I'm going to get to see you. Right. When can we make time for just us? Exactly. You know, you can, and I think that's a lear- good learning experience, but also knowing, okay, I don't want her just to leave without telling her this. And exactly. you know, sometimes we feel, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings, but then it's going to be more resentful, right. build up. And then something small is going to happen. We're going to erupt. <laughs> right. And then also there's just the fact of like, if we don't bring it up and this is for whether you're the person in recovery or, you know, especially for all of the who are not in recovery, but you've got a loved one. Mm-hmm. Like if we don't bring it up, how do we ever expect it to change? Yeah. You know, nothing changes if nothing changes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, like I said, last year, Sean, I asked some of our residents, staff members, some things, um, what they, you know, would want their family members or loved ones to know about the holidays when they're in recovery. And some of them that stood out to me is make them feel a part of the holiday. Kind of like ask them to bring a dish, help ask them to help decorate, set the table, do the dishes, do the make, dishes. make them a part of it. Um, if you guys are listening on my podcast and you're a resident <laughs> in the program, do the dishes Yes, and trash, right? <laughs> and, trash, yes. <laughs> and allow them to feel normal. Yes. You know, don't make them feel like they have a target on their back. Like when's that next shoot? And you know, and sometimes that's hard for us loved ones because we are sometimes just waiting for that next 
shoe to fall, right? And so that's where it's like, it's okay. I tell people, especially with my son, you know, having surgery, I still have my phone on at the holidays. Reach out to someone who understands, not another family member, not your best friend, but reach out to, you know, text them. I'm having a hard time. Can you pray for me? Or, you know, and so, but allow them to feel as normal as they can. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that I'll always be grateful for is like, I didn't see my family for the first five months of my sobriety. Mm. I was in the homes of Hope's Alive. I was doing my thing and kind of, you know, putting myself back together, honestly. Um, the first time I saw them, yes, that's what the entire evening was about was, oh my gosh, you look great. You're five months sober, bop, 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 whatever. Um, and I will say that ever since then, I'm not saying that it never gets brought up like, oh my gosh, you got them as much time now or how's life? And obviously, cause I work for Hope's Alive, but I will say that is the last time that I showed up to a family gathering and the spotlight was on my recovery. And mm-hmm. it's just so great just to come in the door and hi, Sean. Yeah. Because like I said, this is what they wanted. <laughs> yeah. And that's so, you know, someone else had said that too. It's yeah. like, ask, you know, I'm just quoting them. So um, it sure. says asking a little about recovery is good, but not making it the center of conversation. Correct. Like, oh, how many meetings are you going to? What's your sponsor? Who's his, what's his name? You know, like you, we all have our sins and we all have, you know, addiction is a disease and you Mm -hmm. did not choose this disease, Correct. you know? And so, you know, someone in remission, we're not always asking them questions Right. and you're in recovery. And so, you know, just remembering to ask very little about them. And also I think it's important. This one, um, it was a lady, um, a woman in our program. She said, we may have a mix of emotions Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, you know, let them feel through those feelings. You know, she said, uh, like I came in and I sat on the couch and I just cried because so many times I had ruined holidays and I was feeling guilty at that moment, but I was also feeling the blessing at the same time. Yes because I get to be present today and I get to be a part of it and not the problem of it. Yeah. I love that. And you know, it's one of those like, okay, like, why are you crying? You know, again, stepping away and you know, we talk about, we lose trust in bucketfuls and we gain it back in teaspoons. And so, and I know it's scary and it's hard, but if they're in sobriety, we've got to do our best to let them show us the trust. And if you're, again, if you're having a hard time, we're going to go back to that. Remember to communicate it, talk about your expectations, talk, tell them about your boundaries, step out of that control, have your support system, reach out, you know, find the joy. Maybe you guys are going to start a new tradition as a family. Talk to them about that new tradition. Like, what do you want Christmas to look like this year? You know, we're so proud of you. What do you want Christmas to look like this year? And so that's what, you know, I would continue to say is, you know, like I said, I always like to end with a challenge. And that's my thing is create a plan for this holiday. Don't just think it, write it down and talk to another Finding Hope member, another one. Maybe you have another support group you're a part of. Talk to those people. Reach out to me. Um, I have people reach out to me all the time and Mm -hmm. we talk through that. And a lot of times you just need to talk it. You have the ideas communicate those expectations and boundaries. And so one thing I get the question of real quick, Sean, before we wrap up is Christmas. Yeah. How do I get them a present? Because so many times we know that you can 
sell the gift cards to get your drugs, right? <laughs> you can return clothes to get money. You can do all these things. And so, um, but so many times like we want to give you guys gifts. And mm. last year I had this, she's actually a board member and a, a amazing leader and her son's still out in active addiction. And she said, she talked, she actually talked to me um, and two other people about the holidays as they're approaching. And she said, this year, whatever money I was going to spend on their gifts, I'm putting it in a savings account. I love that. And, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to put it in that savings account. And when they are ready for help, I we, we can use that money. Wow. And I'm like, that's, that's amazing. That's so brilliant because, you, you know, that's going to be a gift someday when they're, when yeah. her son says, mom, I'm ready. Right. Well, we have this amount of money that can yeah. go towards your recovery. Yeah. And that's, I, I love that so much because whether or not we want to admit it, getting help, it costs a little bit of money mm -hmm. to get started at least. Um, yeah, I really like that. You know, I, I, my family after a while with Christmas, you know, it was, you know, my dad may, he would roll into town and maybe take me shopping to go get some clothes mm -hmm. just to make sure I had some fresh threads on my back. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, there wasn't a whole lot of cash being passed over. Um, cause like you said, I mean, what, what am I going to go spend it on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I love the savings account idea. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I almost forgot to write that down. So I'm glad we, I was able to talk about that. Yeah. And so I, um, do you have anything else you want to share before I end in a Bible, Bible verse? You know, I'm just really grateful to sit here and chat with you. And uh, just for the parents listening out there, just know that, um, you know, it, the holidays are tough um, mm -hmm. on you, but it's also tough on your loved one. Even if they are in recovery, this might be their first Thanksgiving or Christmas going through that. So just just love each other and just remember That's what good. the holidays are about, you know, and, you know, don't go in with too many expectations. Just go in with the expectation that you guys are going to be together. Mm -hmm. Um, just, you're going to be together clean and sober. Yeah. That's good. Love each other where they're yes. at. I love that. Exactly. And so Isaiah 41 10 says, fear not. I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so give it to God. Let God give you the strength. Let him help you. Let him uphold you through all this, as well as pray that same prayer for your loved one through this holiday season. Absolutely. So thank you so much for joining me today, Sean. And I'm so glad we got to collaborate and yeah. um, you're doing an amazing job on your hope dealers podcast. If you haven't listened to that, be sure to check that out. They're hope filled stories of those in recovery. And it's, I, I, those are my favorite. I love listening <laughs> to residents and alum tell their stories on how they went from, in their addiction into a place of not just sobriety, but at a place of recovery. Absolutely. And so thank you guys for joining us this week. And you can learn more about Finding Hope at findinghope.today. Or maybe you've looked at our website and think there's not a meeting in our my location and maybe you're ready to start your own meeting in your community. I would love to help you do that as well. And you can sign up as well at, at findinghope.today. But before you go, we would love for you to give us a five-star review, share this on social media, and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss our next hope-filled episode. Thanks again for joining us, Amy LaRue and Sean Fitzpatrick. And remember, you are not alone. It's not your fault. There is hope.